Amen. God is good. Amen. Wow, I got a lot of go- stuff going on in my brain. First thing I want to talk about, you know, I try to pay attention to things as I'm worshiping. And when we sang that last song, about it was a, talking about the cross. And my whole, my body just did a shiver. It was just like, and I mean, it didn't do that the whole time. And there was no special wind or air conditioner that kicked in. So, and then, and then this thought came through my head. How many of you ever seen the Passion movie? The very last scene um, is that teardrop from heaven. How many of you remember that teardrop? And you know what? As I've been doing my study, when, when we, when we uh, share communion together, it, Jesus said, remember my, my death. Do you know a lot of people look at the cross as defeat and then the empty tomb as victory. But you know the cross was a victory? The cross, the Father, and don't quote me on this because I don't know what he said, but I imagine the Father in heaven is saying, the old Adam is gone. Amen? <laughs> I wish you'd get excited with me. But the death represented when Jesus said it is finished. The, the price, the penalty for sin was paid. But in addition to that, the old Adam was gone. Dominion over the flesh was one. And the cross, it, it says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when Paul's talking about um, um, the, the, the death of Christ, if Satan, it says, if the, the powers that were at that time knew what it meant to kill Jesus, they wouldn't have done it. They wouldn't have done it. Because the death of Jesus was the killing of the flesh. Was the death of the flesh of Jesus. Which resulted in the old Adam gone. Paving the way for the new creation. So when we remember the death, it's not, it's, it's a victory. It's not a Jesus suffered, and I thank Jesus for his suffering. But it was a victory that happened. It was a victory. It was the old Adam gone. The old nature dominated. And you look at the life of Christ, and throughout his life, it was sin dominated. Nature dominated. The flesh dominated. And his death, he said, it's finished. The flesh has been dominated, and it's done. And its dominion over us has been 
overruled. Amen. Amen. As I was studying, one of the topics that I was studying and just reading was um, the literal and the figurative. It's always this battle between theologians. And, uh, and, and Nicodemus had a problem with that, too. Like, how am I supposed to climb back into my mother's womb and literally be born again? And so literally, literally born again is not that literal. But it's not figurative either. So we have this area in between where there's a spiritual transaction that happens. A spiritual event that is concrete and it's real. And what is, when I'm born again, the old is past and I become a new creation. Christ living in me. I don't have a human being living in me. Right? I don't have this literal human being. But it's not figurative. It's not figurative either. I have Christ in me. I have Christ in me. Somehow, you have Christ in you. So it's, it's not literal, it's not figurative, but it's real, and it's concrete, and it's truth. You are crucified with Christ. Literally, no, that happened 2,000 years ago. Is it figurative? No, it's not figurative either. It's real. Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> it's real. I was crucified with Christ. So what is finished? The dominion of the flesh over me is finished. My past. I was literally buried. Sorry, I was not literally <laughs> was I literally buried with Christ? No. Was it figurative? No, it's not figurative. It's real. It's truth. It's concrete. I was buried. Past, buried. Old Adam, buried. Resurrected, new creation, newness of life, new destiny, new hope, a new future. And I'm a new creation. I cannot fully understand and diagram it scientifically. No. But it's real. It's concrete. And it's truth. Amen? So we are a new creation. And what does that new creation mean? I rise in the power of God. And I'm dead to, to the flesh, to the old Adam. Now, was, here's another question. Was sin destroyed? Think, think, think. Sin itself was not destroyed. It's power. It's dominion. Sorry, Pastor David, that was a trick question. And you fell for it. 
Sin will be swallowed and put into the, 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 the lake of fire. Death. Do we still die? We do. But its dominion, its power, its dominance, its effects were destroyed. So here's the, here's, I'm just going to kind of go through my week with you because I made this statement last week and it kind of say, oh boy, I better explain this. And I said, you can help it. How many of you remember that statement? You know, you can help it. We sin, or sin, sin is there tempting us, but you can help it. And it kind of, all right, all those Romans chapter 7 people are going to be talking to me. And I preach it out of Romans chapter 6, and I didn't go into 7, because that's a piece of dynamite. It's a stick of dynamite, chapter 7. But here's the thing. With Romans chapter 7, people get stuck there. Do you realize when, Roman, when Paul wrote that letter, there were no chapters? Well, we always stop at the end of a chapter. And now if you stop in chapter 7, you'll be so discouraged. And you'll be so defeated. But then came chapter 8, which if you just keep reading. Now in the... And so I was in the middle of this myself. And again, it's a battle of theologians. Was Paul in chapter 7 talking about his old self before he got saved? Was he, was he just talking about mankind in general, about our, uh, you know, the old Adam in us? And, or was he just talking about the non-believers in general, not even himself? And, and there's, this, there's this battle that rages between theologians and things. And so... I read this one guy's really good opinion. And he said, just read it in its simplest form. So, okay. So one morning, I, I read it. It didn't help. <laughs> so this one morning, I got, I, I got woken up. I woke up, and it was, I guess, the Holy Spirit. He said, go, and it was early. And, but the Holy Spirit was, I just felt oh, impressed, the Holy Spirit go and just go sit in your chair quietly and, and just sit quietly and something amazing is going to happen. So I sat down. Have you ever tried sitting for 15 minutes thinking about a spiritual concept? It's hard. <laughs> sitting there and then your mind wanders and then you got to bring it back in. And you know what? Nothing happened and I saw I was expecting, you know, a, a picture in my mind. I sit, sit there, just close my eyes. And I was thinking maybe a picture, a word of knowledge, uh, something, uh, and nothing happened. And so I, I pulled out Romans. And I went to Romans chapter 7. And, and I read it. You know, in the middle of Romans chapter 7, Paul is talking, you know, I'm so frustrated and confused because the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. Oh, this, this sin that dwells in me. But you know what? I kind of never reflected on this before. This phrase jumped out of me. And he goes, but hold on a minute. I want to let you know that I'm talking about my flesh. 
And it was like this light bulb goes on. So he's talking. He says, this is what happens to me when I operate in my flesh. I want you to get this. This is the conundrum. This is the battle. This is the confusion, the chaos that happens when you try to operate in your flesh according to the old nature. Because if you stop there, you are in despair. You are in defeat. He calls himself this wretched man. But you know what? He was, in Philippians, he talks, I was the Pharisee of the Pharisees. I obeyed. I, he was pretty good. He was pretty smart. He had pretty good achievements. And then in Romans chapter 7, oh, the wretched man that I am. But he's talking about if he operates in his flesh. Because, forget the chapter, the next few verses he says, but the law of the Spirit has made me free from the law of sin and death. Oh, I preached at Brenda. I was like, when she got up, I, I said, oh, man, you got to, this, this. I, and, I, and then I just started preaching to her. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, wow. Because all of a sudden, there's no conundrum. There is no conundrum if you realize, and then he even says, if you set your mind on the things of the flesh, guess which direction you're going to go? Chaos, confusion, despair, disappointment with yourself. But if you set your mind on the spirit, you have life and you have peace. So don't stop at verse 24. I'm giving you a heads up. Don't stop there. Go into chapter 8. Go up to chapter 6 on day 1, then read through 7, and end in 8 on day 2. Amen? Mm. Had to get that one in. There, that's, that's one sermon done. Here, I, I, I just love some of the language. Do Here, and this is why you, you can help it. Because God says you can he says, do not let sin. Give the members, the body, your body, your flesh, give your members to righteousness. Whose control is that in? Do not give your members over to sin, to unrighteousness. Do not let, do not do this, but give yourself to this, give yourself to that. Don't set your mind on the flesh, set your mind on the... And so why can you help it? Because he finished it. Rejoice in his death to the extent that it killed off the old Adam. He dominated the flesh. 
for you and for me so that we can walk in newness of life, that we could walk in victory, that we can walk in dominion, that we can subdue. And it, every time I kind of study, I end up going back to God's original design for us. The fruitfulness, be, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue and have dominion. That's for you and me today. Why? Because God took us back to his original. He, he killed off the old Adam's nature. The, he became the new Adam. Hmm. Here, present, it, it, present yourself to God. How often do we actually do that? He says, don't present yourself to sin so that it can be master over you but present yourself to God and walk in the Spirit. You choose where you walk. Sermon number one done. Oh. My, ne- my, my second sermon is called Glory to Glory. And I'm going to do this in five minutes. Now, has it ever intrigued you? All have sinned and they fall short of. So what happens when sin is dominion over sin has accomplished? Yay, Jesus, yes. (laughs) When sin has been conquered, its power broken, which direction now can we go towards? The glory. What happens when we look at Jesus as like we're looking in the mirror? He changes us from, let me read that one for you. But we all with an open face, beholding as if in a glass and as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, we are then changed into that same image. You know what? What you're looking at is what you become. Think about that. Think about, <laughs> I, this, I don't know, I did an update on my phone. And then this morning it gave me a weekly update of how much I looked at my phone all week. <laughs> what? You on average <laughs> had screen time just on the phone of, and I won't tell you, because... <laughs> Okay, you want to know? You want to know? You know? Okay. Uh, this, this, oof, this is terrible. Four and a half hours every day. Four and a half. <laughs> but, but, but it was Bible study. It was reading my Bible. <laughs> but what are you looking at all day? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It just happened on my update, the latest update. But what are you looking at? Seriously now, get back to serious mode here. What are you looking at? <laughs> it's a challenging question. 
I like to watch the news because I love to keep up to date with it. But man, oh man, it's rough out there. <laughs> Whoa. Especially with, down in the United States with this advert. That, like, the, like I watch, I like there's certain TV shows, but then you get bombarded with their advertising of how bad everybody is. And it's like, why would I want to elect anybody? <laughs> then there's the content of the shows. Like, I have a, I, I'm blessed with what's called the PVR because then you can hit the 20-second skip button and you skip through commercials and sometimes, like, the content on TV shows, what are you looking at? Because you turn into what you're looking at. So in 2 Corinthians, this is a verse I was looking at, 3.18, we are changed into the image that we're looking at. And in this verse, it happens to be the glory of the Lord. And then we are literally, it says, transformed. The word change. We are transformed into his image from glory to glory. Oh, man, I got two words I want to talk about. Can I have five more minutes? Is that okay? Amen. Ah, it's like, you know that song we sing about agony? Oh, I'm agonizing inside because there's so much I want to talk about. <laughs> oh, uh, Colossians. <laughs> um... No, I didn't even write that verse down. But you know what? Here, you know how he, we talked about it last week. He blotted out the ordinances. We talked about blotted out. But you know what the, the word ordinances is? The, the Greek word for ordinances is dogma. Real interesting. And this is, this is the, the definition, in other words. It means an opinion. And it means a judgment. And it means a decree. So, he, Jesus Christ, on the cross, blotted out every opinion about you. Nailed it to the cross. Killed its power over you. How many of you ever had an opinion against you? Because he said, it says, he blotted out the ordinances that were against you. How many of you had a judgment against you? It's a great word among youngest people. You're so judgy. It's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be funny. It's like, no, that's not my judgment. I'm not judgy. That's what you just did. <laughs> Anyways, I move on. There was a list of negative stuff about you and I. Not necessarily our fault because of the old Adam that sinned and we're all born into. It's, sin has been imputed unto us even though we didn't sin. So there's this whole, this whole book of opinions about you. About your personality. 
your education. I, you're not good enough. You're not worthy. Um, your health, as we just heard. There's all kinds of things. Oh, Satan, you know, because that sin exists in this world, you're sick, and it's just a natural thing that happens. You got a problem in your body that's just natural. Do you know we have, here, this is a word I, I just was triggered in my head, overruled. There's an opinion about you, overruled. You, oh, wretched man, that, no, overruled. I'm a new creation. Oh, you've got sin in you. No, overruled. Sin does not have dominion over me. Oh, a health issue, overruled. Why? Because this is what God says about me. Oh, man. Here's, here's the other word. Jesus in you is the hope of, of glory. You know what the word glory is? Doxa. He's changing you from dogma to doxa. And you know what the first part of the definition of doxa is? Opinion, judgment, view. Jesus Christ in you has totally changed the view of you. From sinner to saint. From one being dominated to someone who dominates. It's been changed. The dogma, the opinions, the judgments that were against you have been crucified with Christ. And we have risen in newness, in his likeness, in his glory. And the view of yourself should change. Stop. Ah, woe is me kind of stuff. You know, oh, oh, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but there's some things that people say, and it's like, woe is me, I have such a horrible life. I've, and, and there are some things that have been horribly done to you, but Jesus heals. Amen. Jesus saves. He delivers. Amen. He redeems. Amen. And we, we have to get out of the mindset that feeds the flesh side. The woe is me side. And we got to get into the mindset that this is what Jesus did. I've been crucified. It's a concrete, real, and it's true. We've been crucified. There's stuff that's now been buried, and we are now resurrected in newness life as a new creation. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm spitting my words out of here. I'm sorry about that. Okay, John 17. This is what Jesus prays about you. Because he says, I ask not only for these, he's, he's praying to his, the Father. And he's talking about how he's one and, and be with the disciples, the ones that you gave me I haven't lost. But then he says, and I ask not only for these disciples but also all those who one day will believe in me through their message. Amen. So that includes you and me. What? I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us. One with us. 
so that the world will recognize that you sent me. And listen to this. For the very glory that you have given me, the very glory that the Father gave to Jesus, he says, um, I have given them. If you look at Jesus, did he ever have, have this self-image complex? I don't ever see him saying, woe is me. He said, woe unto you. <laughs> woe to you Pharisees, you brood of vipers, you, you like, you dead people that have a beautiful white headstone, but you're dead. That pay me lip service, but your heart, that, that, that's who woe to them. But Jesus never had that kind of complex. Why? Because he had the opinion of the Father that guided him. He had the opinion, the judgment, the, the, the decision that was made about him. He fully received and accepted what the Father said about him. And whatever the Father through the Holy Spirit revealed to him, he stepped out in confidence and said, I can do this. Why? Because he wasn't... <laughs> the Pharisees were bogged down by dogma. Jesus was lifted by doxa. And the same doxa that the Father gave to his Son has now been passed on to you and to me. The same atmosphere in the garden where there was no sin. So what existed in the garden? God's glory. God's glory. I was just thinking, we were singing Let It Rain. And I was thinking, the Garden of Eden, there was no rain. But there was this mist. This, this mist, right? God's, and, and it was like, <laughs> the thought was, wow. There was living water even back then. I was just like, oh, I stopped singing. I just, rain on me. Living water, glory of the Father, rain on the, the same atmosphere that existed in the garden because there was no sin. It's the same glory we can live in. Same glory. Like, think of what Jesus, what did he dominate? Let me answer that for you. He, he ruled over the laws of nature. Walking on the water. Turning water into wine. Laws of physics. Uh... He controlled the forces of nature. He changed weather patterns. He, he stopped the storm. He calmed the storm. He stopped waves. I don't know what the guy with the withered hand looked like, but I don't think his whole arm was there. And he created right there. 
Stretch out that hand and what? Boom, full arm, functioning hand, creativeness. And what did he pass on to us? Same glory, same dominion, same authority, same spirit. Hasn't changed, hasn't lost his power. Same yesterday, today, forevermore. And we can walk in victory, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, that does not govern us. It does not govern us. The law of the spirit of life governs us. Amen? Healing. Jesus healed. Jesus raised someone from the dead. More than one. I think two or three. He ruled over life itself. He dominated life itself. What other things did he do? Demonstrated power over death. Can you imagine? Peter, there's a fish. That has a coin in it. <laughs> How did that happen? It's the same power, same authority that we can walk in. And the fact that maybe I haven't seen some, I've seen some amazing miracles. I've seen some amazing coincidences, things that God has put together that I could never have done. Never. I've seen it. And then I've seen things that haven't happened. And it makes me pursue it more. I want to walk in what I see. I want to walk in the same authority that Jesus Christ walked in. Because he dwells in me. He lives in me and I have been baptized into him. And I don't fully understand that, but it's true. That I'm living in Christ and Christ is living in me. And the same authority, the same power, the same dominion is mine. And it's yours. And I want to walk in it and I got to pursue it and I got to fight for it. Amen. Amen. How many of you want that too? <laughs> ah, wow. Ah. Okay, the agony's gone. There's still lots more to be said, but I have a full bail, Mom. I've just cut off two or three slivers because, God, oh, amen. Why don't we all stand? We're going to have an awesome time tonight. Some of this stuff that we've been learning, that we've been walking through, I really believe. Bring, if you have someone who is sick, bring them here tonight. You have somebody who is struggling with things in their life that dominate them instead of them ruling over it. Bring them tonight. Amen. The one who dominates wants to make himself real and mighty and powerful in them so they can overcome. So bring anybody that's sick 
oppressed, addicted, depressed. Bring them tonight and let God's glory come and invade their life. Get rid of the doxa that has been binding them and holding them back. We're going to get rid of some doxa tonight. And fill them up with doxa. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Jesus Christ, for everything that you did for us. Oh, wow. We barely scratched the surface, but, but Jesus... Just come and invade us with the knowledge of you, with the power of you for, for, for who you are and, and, Father, for how you see us. Lord, let your opinion, let your view of, of who we are invade our minds, captivate our minds and overwhelm our minds and drive us to live for you. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. We'll see you.